We should like go and like hang out with Todd. <laughs> Whoa, it's Todd. Yeah. <laughs> Todd's even cooler than we thought. <laughs> Boys, I'm looking for a fella who goes by the name of Todd. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> He's cool. <laughs> Todd would make like a good manager or something. Welcome to another episode of the 206 Geek Podcast with your host Todd, the 206 Geek. So I'm your host Todd, the 206 Geek. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of my podcast. I know um, I haven't been like real active on this podcast for the last few weeks. I've done little bits here and there. And uh, today is going to be a full episode, guys. You excited? I'm a little excited. I haven't done this in a while, and I've been digging around in my Feedly list to find some cool stuff to talk about. I think I've got a few things here, all off of comicbook.com. You know, I really like that website. I, you know, I wish there was a way I could work with them directly, but, you know, I guess it is what it is. I mean, they always have some great stories, and they already have a podcast. I don't think that I, w I could add to that, but I mean, maybe I could. I don't know. Um, but let's see here. I got... Uh, uh, let's see, I got Kevin Smith, we got some DC, we got some Star Wars, um, we got some Star Trek, you know, we got some Garfield, and, uh, we got some, oh, you know, I'll start with this one. This, this one, this is, um, from November 3rd, a couple days ago. Um, those of you that are old like myself, I'm, you know, now 50, uh, probably remember a show in the early 80s called Bosom Buddies. Um, the guy that wasn't Tom Hanks on that show, Peter Scolari, has recently passed away. So that was kind of sad when I first saw that because it's like he was also in the TV version of uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He played the the, the Rick Moranis part. And uh, I don't know, it was, it was, it was sad Largely because I had fond memories of watching Bosom Buddies. I thought it was a funny show. Um, probably wouldn't work today. Um, at least not in the way they did it. I think it probably could work. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe not. Either way. So Bosom Buddies was essentially these two guys in New York that were looking for a place to live. Um, and there wasn't any place that they could afford. There's, you know, this is in, in 80s... Uh, 80s New York, and uh, and so they they find a place that they can you know they can afford, but it turns out it is a, a an apartment complex only for women, because you know that was a thing I guess back in the 80s, right? Because there was there was there was apartment complexes only for women. I don't know. It was probably some religious thing. I don't know. But uh, so they decided in order to get this apartment, they decided they were going to get dressed up in drag. So they had to convince people that they were these two women. And yeah, it just a lot of like uh, a lot of the tropes from like the old days of, you know, uh, pretending to be two different people kind of thing, you know, where you have to run out of the room and quickly change your clothes and then come back as the other person. A lot of that stuff, a lot of innuendo. Uh, a lot of, you know, this is a guy in a dress kind of thing, which I think it would definitely be problematic today. 
Um, um, because people would probably get all butthurt, you know, or not, no, no, butthurt's not the right word. People would be upset that, uh, this is, you know, we, we got conservatives who'd be like, why are they doing that? And then we have other people saying, why do you care? So yeah, I don't know. I just, I thought the show was funny, but then again, I was also a young kid back in the day. So, you know, it was a silly show. This is what it says here on comicbook.com. Tom Hanks had kind words for his bosom buddy co-star Peter Scalari following the recent death from cancer at age 66. The pair appeared together in the 80s sitcom in which they had to dress like women in order to get an apartment, which I already mentioned. The series ran for two seasons, but given that Hanks has become a global superstar, it's well remembered by TV fans. Uh, the chemistry between the two leads quickly became the key attraction, and the cross-dressing premise was largely forgotten in a series that instead of centered on characters driven by comedy from Hanks and Scolari. In appearance on Jimmy Kimmel Live, Hanks shared thoughts on his friend, his friend's passing. Fittingly, he started with a joke, saying that when Scolari was first introduced to him, he had just appeared in two TV shows that were very good, but canceled. And productions, uh, production thought Bosom Buddies could be a third. Um, let's see here. Come on. I hate it when my computer decides to lag. I'm trying to scroll, and it's like, no, no, you can't scroll just yet. Keep reading this other stuff. There isn't other stuff. It's just you know, the the problem the problem is uh, my 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 uh, ad blocker is 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 working overtime on this on this page apparently because it's got a bunch that it's blocking, but uh, you'd think that would cause uh, no legs because it's blocking everything. But I think it's it's uh, it doesn't seem to be. Well, it's not adding more, I guess. But it's for whatever reason it decided to to pause. Um, he says here, quote, I don't know how many people truly do change your lives when you cross paths with them, but he and I met, we picked up scripts and we started screwing around and I actually thought, oh, this is it. This is how this, this is how th this works. This work. Uh, th this is like the hand inside a glove in two years at, uh, at Paramount Studios on un, on Unlucky Stage 25, we cut it up. We were, uh, the, we were the only two guys on the show. So the women had their dressing rooms on the other side of the stage. And me and Peter would be in our pant pantyhose up to our <laughs> and our lip gloss and our hair nets. So these two guys would be learning, uh, would be leaning in the doors of each other's dressing room saying, uh, you think you're going to have more kids? Well, yeah, I've got two. I'd like, I'd like to have another. I'm beginning to think of where we're going to settle, we're going to settle down. <laughs> we were, we were molecularly, oh God, that's, I, 
molecularly connected in a way that we started speaking the same language. Yeah, those guys look. I mean, they. I. To me, they felt like they they actually were buddies. They were f- pals for a long time, and uh, so it's it's. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's sad. It's sad that he he passed from cancer. I don't. It doesn't. It doesn't say here, at least not that I've seen so far, what kind of cancer it was. It's sad that he that, that he lost his battle, though. Um, if you've never heard of Booze and Buddies, I suspect you can probably just do a search for Booze and Buddies on YouTube, and you'll find clips. At the very least, you'll find the intro to the show. And like I said, I was young when the show was on TV. I thought I was hilarious. I don't know how I would react to it now that I'm middle-aged and whatnot. Um, it, it may not have the jokes may not still land, uh, but you know it's, it's sad that he ha- that he is no longer with us. He was a funny actor. I liked him in, in everything I saw him in. So rest in peace, Peter Scolari. All right. Next story I have here. Um, so apparently they're making a, a new Garfield movie, and um, instead of using like the actor who's been playing Garfield forever, and you know actually sounds like how people think Garfield should sound, we're getting a celebrity voice for Garfield, and it's not, it's not, it's not gonna be, um, oh, what's damn it, brain fart. Um, 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 Bill, it's not Bill Murray because, you know, apparently those movies didn't do well. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I always thought it was, I always thought it was funny that the, uh, actor to play, uh, Garfield, uh, the voice of Garfield in a live action film is the actor who, um, shares a different character uh, in another in another uh, universe. So, of course, you know Bill Murray was Peter Venkman in the original Ghostbusters movie, and when they did the real Ghostbusters cartoon, um, Lorenzo Music was the voice of Peter Venkman in season one. Well, Lorenzo Music was also the voice of Garfield. Same voice, even he. Lorenzo Music is a great actor, but he didn't have much range as far as he couldn't change his voice. He always sounded like he was half asleep when he was talking. And uh, and uh, so I always thought it was amusing that Peter Venkman was also the voice of Garfield. And so when, when uh, Bill Murray got the, the voice of Garfield in, in the live-action movie, I was like, oh my God, there's a connection there. So, But in this new version of Garfield... The celebrity voice is going to be Chris Pratt. Yes, yes, Star Lord himself. Uh, I don't know, man. I, you know, he's he's not a terrible actor. He really isn't. But I don't know. I I don't know how I feel about it, honestly. Um, this is what it says here in this story. Chris Pratt is the new voice of Garfield, and fans have a lot to say about it. Yes, yes. Uh, Monday Monday's. 
are often full of surprises. November 1st is no exception. On Monday afternoon, it was announced via The Hollywood Reporter that Chris Pratt has been cast as the voice of Garfield, the iconic lasagna-loving cat in a new animated movie from Sony Pictures and Alcon Entertainment. Andrew uh, Kovosov and Broderick Johnson... um, uh, the film, the film which is set to be directed by uh, Mark uh, Dindal, Chicken uh, from Chicken Little, will have a script from Finding Nemo's David Reynolds and Garfield Garfield creator Jim Davis is serving as executive producer. It was a surprising piece of news to be to be sure. And fans had a lot to say about it on social media. Soon after the news broke, fans began lighting up Twitter with their response to Pratt being the new voice of Garfield for the upcoming film. And generally, that response was a mixture of surprise and confusion. For many fans, Pratt didn't seem to have the right voice for Garfield, while others questioned the decision given in recent news that Pratt had also joined the upcoming Super Mario animated movie as the voice of the titular Mario. God, really? I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, dude. Why? Why do we why do we need to have celebrity voices for voice characters that already have great voice actors doing those parts? Of course, not all of the responses were negative or even befuddled. I'm not one of those, for sure. Um, A few noted that previous big screen incarnation of Garfield was also voiced by an unexpected choice. That would be Bill Murray in 2004's live-action animated hybrid. Others seemed to be genuinely excited for the comedy that Pratt could bring to the role and much-loved character who has been making fans laugh since the comic strip debuted in 1978. Now, in 1978, I was seven, okay? My stepdad, John, had bought all of the the comic strips, I think, um, in in book form. That may have been later on, though. But he loved Garfield the Cat. He he bought—he had, like, there was, like, six or seven of those books— and I remember looking through them and giggling like a little. Well, I was a little kid, I, but I was. I remember giggling at everything I saw. I didn't really. Um, I don't know if I read them. I'm pretty sure I read them. I, I figured you have to know how to read by seven, right? <laughs> I don't remember. It's been so long. I know I actually read it. I'm kidding. Um, but yeah. All right. Here's some of the tweets. Uh. All right, that awesome Chris Pratt going to be awesome voice Garfield the cat. First Mario, now Garfield the cat. This is going to be insane. Yeah, I agree it's going to be insane, but I don't think it's going to be insane in a good way. (sighs) Oh, wow. Garfield loves lasagna, so now we're talking about even more Italian appropriation. (laughs) (coughs) I'm not sure if that's supposed to be like funny or what, but I thought it was funny. 
I hope the Eternals movie explains how the fuck they let Garfield movie starring Chris Pratt happen. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Garfield fans. Who listens to Chris Pratt and thinks at any point in his range, yeah, he sounds like Garfield. I agree with this person. <laughs> Mario, Garfield, what's next? Scooby-Doo? No, Frank Welker still has the lock on that one unless, you know, Warner Brothers decides, you know what, we don't want him to sound like Scooby-Doo anymore. We're going to give it to somebody else. Um. Yeah, I don't think, I don't know. I, I guess I would have to hear him do, um, I would have to see him act as Garfield. <clears throat> as a general rule, I don't think that he would be good for Garfield. But he is a funny actor. I just, I don't hear him as Garfield as a thing. Unless, unless he can do kind of that slow, monotone, Hey, I hate Mondays kind of thing. Because that's, that's kind of how Garfield always sounded. He always sounded very slow and, you know, not slow stupid, but slow as in just, you know, lazy. Because he was a fat, lazy cat, right? All right. Next story I have here is some Kevin Smith. Um, you know, the guy who gave us... Uh, the guy who gave us the new the the new Masters of the Universe and Clerks and Dogma and Mallrats and Tusk. Ugh. Um <laughs> All right, so Kevin Smith, uh Kevin Smith's two thousand eight comedy Zack and Mary Make a Porno left Netflix on Monday. But there's good news. You can actually watch it for free on Tubi Television or TubiTV.com. Free uh free with ads on Amazon Prime even. The movie, which was the filmmaker's next movie after Clerks 2, centers on a pair of 20-somethings who have been lifelong friends and decide to make an adult movie together to pay down their insurmountable debt. Along, uh, with, uh, along the way, the two discover that they have feelings for one another, something that uh, threatens to bring the co commercial side of their relationship crashing down around them from um, and the friends they have talked into helping them. You know, this movie is actually really funny. The only thing that I didn't like about this movie is the fact that I got to see Jason Mewes full frontal. I don't really care to see that. Uh, I'm not into it. But you know what? Hey, if you want to see Jason Mewes fully naked, this is the movie to watch. Um, but yeah, it was it was really funny. It had... It had, uh, there's at least three people, I think, two or three people that have been in other Kevin Smith movies that are in this. Uh, Jeff Anderson, Jason Mewes, and I want to say, oh shit, who else was in it? Um, somebody else. I want to say somebody else is in it, but maybe this article will actually say. Uh, da -da -da -da. It talks about, uh, 
Earlier this year, Smith told me, uh, the person who wrote this article, that he decided he wouldn't record a commentary track for Zach and Miri as a result of the disappointment um, of of how well received the movie was, apparently. Um, it wasn't received well at all, I guess. Oh, I skipped a paragraph, that's why. I was like, wait, why did it? Okay. Here we go. Uh, da, 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 da. Specifically, it was after listening to the commentary track on the DVD for another box office bomb turned cult classic. Um, uh, Harry L. Front, Front, Font and Deborah Kaplan's Josie and the Pussycats. We watched Josie and the Pussycats on DVD on a plane with uh, filmmaker Malcolm Ingram. Smith said, Malcolm and I are on the plane, and Malcolm knows uh, Brecken Meyer because we made a movie with him called uh, Tail Lights Fade years ago. Uh, so we were watching it because Malcolm hadn't seen it, but Malcolm is a gossipy hen. So since the movie is, uh, had not been successful in the box office, Malcolm wanted to listen to the commentary track because he was like, what the hell were they thinking? He said, so we watched the movie with a commentary track on it for the flight to the East Coast, uh, uh, East Coast to the West Coast. And I remember they said they they recorded the commentary track after the movie came out. I think uh, it was that Monday morning or something like that. So they were... So they were so down during the commentary track, so sad, and kind of like, yeah, we thought it was going to be good, but whatever. This next scene, oh my god. I, you know, a couple of years ago, I, I I watched that movie. I hadn't, I didn't go see it in theaters because it literally was, it has the shortest run in theaters in movie history. I think it was only in theaters for maybe 12 days. That's it. I mean, it was not. It got pulled really quick. Uh, it, was, it was. It was terrible. Um, oh wait, no. I'm thinking. I'm not Josie and the Pussycats. I'm thinking of a different movie. That's. Uh, I'm thinking of Jim. Never mind. Josie and the Pussycats was actually better. <laughs> not by much, but it was better. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, I don't know. I, I. I think Kevin. I think Kevin should do a a commentary track. He should rewatch it. And uh, and uh, and do a commentary track. At the very least, he should make it available as a free download or something, so people can listen to it as they're watching the movie. Because Zach and Mary actually, I thought was a very funny movie, and it was um, um, it was probably his last really good comedy. Honestly, um, as much as I liked Jane Silent Bob reboot, um, it's definitely not for my generation. I don't think. Um, it's definitely for the next generation. It's for the kids. Uh, it, it's it's for the type of kids that were in that movie. You know, like uh, Harley and, and his daughter Harley and her friends. It's for them. It's not for us. And uh, you know, and, and and that's fine. I'm not saying that it's a terrible movie. I just say it's not. It's not that movie. Reboot was not. I don't think made for Generation X. It wasn't. It was made for whatever generation Harley is. I think she's a, I think she's younger than a millennial. Either way, Zack and Mary Make a Porno is a great film. It's really, really funny. 
Um, it has some great one-liners, uh, like Oprah Rich. <laughs> I'm Oprah Rich. Or uh, uh, Frosted Me Like a Cake. I'm not going to give you any explanation of what that means or why that's funny. But it's a line in the movie that made me laugh really, really hard. Um, <laughs> uh, if you haven't seen it, I recommend it. Uh, definitely go watch it on on uh, on Amazon Prime or on Tubi TV. Um, yeah. <laughs> All right. So next story. Uh, it looks as though uh, Teen t- uh, the Titans DC's Titans uh, star Brenton uh, Thwaites just confirmed season five is in the works. That's what it says here. Uh, DC's Titans is done with Season 3, and Season 4 was officially announced at DC Fandom this year. Oh, you know, I need to go back and rewatch all of that. I started watching it, and then I got distracted by Shani and went on to do other things. Actually, I think what I did is I had to go work. Either way, um, it's good to hear that, that Season 4 is coming. Uh, however, in a new interview with, with, uh, with Titans star Brendan Thwaites... I think that's how it's pronounced. T-H-W-A-I-T-E-S. Thwaites? Thwaites? Either way, uh, he's, the vo- he's the guy who, who plays uh, Dick Grayson, or Nightwing, or Robin, whichever you want to call him. Uh, may have revealed some further good news for fans of the series, because it sounds like T- Titans Season 5 is also in the works. While Warner Media has yet to make any official announcement about Titans season five, he's off. He offhandedly mentioned that certain storylines that fans are excited for will be playing out across seasons four and five. At this point, it seems like Titans season five would be a proper final run for the series. God, I hope not. I don't want it to go away. It's such a good show now. Um. I, I definitely want to see, I want to see Cyborg come over to Titans, but that's probably not going to happen because he's over on Doom Patrol, or at least there should be a crossover, like you know, an Arrowverse style crossover. That's but that's me. That's what I think should happen. What do I know? Right? I'm just a fan. <sighs> anyway, and, okay. And then it goes on to saying here in his interview. Brenton uh, was discussing his character, Dick Grayson, also known as Nightwing. The, uh, uh, and the penultimate season three episode, Prodigal, Prodigal, which teases uh, Dick's possible future with uh, Anna Doip's Diop. (laughs) God, I'm always screwing people's names up. Uh, uh, she plays Coriander or Starfire uh, when uh, Nightwing is hovering between life and death while in the Lazarus pit he sees a vision of his past his dead father as well as his possible future as a father himself so uh, to a little girl he uh uh to a little girl he has with Starfire. It's that particular vision of hope that helps Dick battle his way back to the land of the living. 
He also reminds fans that Titans has a history of doing these sorts of dreams or vision sequences. And they are not to be taken as literal versions of the series future. This is C, previous version of Dick having a child with Dove. At at the same time, the actor also admits that overusing that kind of tease is a danger if if you never deliver. And in this case, he knows the vision of Nightwing and Starfire's child is a placeholder for what's to come in season four and five. Uh, In DC comic lore, Nightwing and Starfire indeed have a daughter. The girl named uh, Mari Mari Grayson, uh, who becomes the heroine Nightstar. She exists in the Kingdom Come timeline of the DC Universe, a world where the Justice League comes out of retirement to tame a wild new generation of metahumans that's pushing the world towards apocalypse. Um, she's one of the Justice League Titans descendants who joins an elderly, an elderly Batman's team of outsiders and attempts to advert the doomsday war between superhumans following the climactic war of Kingdom Come. She she followed her parents' footsteps as a leading member of the new Titans. That's cool. Man, that would be so so awesome if that actually became uh, a thing in the series. Uh, see here. It says seasons one through three are now on HBO Max. Season four has been announced. Oh man, I just finished watching season three, and oh, dude, this show is so good. If you haven't watched Titans, season one is a bit slow and kind of rough, but it gets better. I promise. All right. Next story on my tablet tabs on my browser. Uh, see here. We, apparently, Matt Smith um, was going to be in Rise of Skywalker, but he was cut from the movie. What the hell, man? <laughs> so th- this is apparently this, another story that's been posted to comicbook.com. Uh, it says here, Star Wars. Matt Smith reveals details about his role that was cut from Rise of Skywalker. All right, let's see what it says here. As with any highly anticipated project, countless rumors about Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker emerged ahead of the film's release, which included reports that Matt Smith would be involved in the endeavor, only for him to be absent from the theatrical release. Given the film's many reveals uh, and the the question fans have have had about the galaxy far, far away, for the two years since the film's release, Smith hasn't shared many details about the truth of those rumors. Yet he recently confirmed that he did have multiple meetings with Lucasfilm, and the potential part would have uh, brought with some game-changing revelations. Uh, when Josh Horowitz from the Happy, Sad, Confused podcast asked Smith if his involvement with the film ever resulted in filming scenes, Smith confirmed, No, I didn't. We were uh, close We were close to me being in it, 
but it then it never quite happened. I think the thing they were thinking of me for eventually the part became obsolete and they didn't need it and so I never got to be in Star Wars. There we are. So we don't know what he was going to do? Uh, uh. Alright. Given that he didn't film any scenes, Horowitz then asked if the actor could share any details about the role with Smith pointing out, I could not possibly say, but it was pretty groovy, uh, a pretty groovy thing. It was really groovy part and concept. Uh, it was a big thing. It was a big detail, like a transformative Star Wars story detail, but it never got, it never quite got over, over the line. Uh, with the first trailer of the film confirming the return of Palpatine, many theories regarding Smith's potential role circled around the connection to Palpatine. While audiences did see the descendants of Palpatine, Smith largely play, played coy about his character being connected to the character and noted the impact of the potential role would have on the franchise. It was a big shift in the in the history of the franchise, Smith admitted. No, there was no costume. There were a couple of meetings to talk about it. Uh, based on these comments, it sounded as though the character was cut from the narrative entirely as opposed to another actor taking over the role. As there wasn't a character introduced in the sequel that had much major ramifications for the rest of the series. Uh, he isn't ruling out a return to Star Wars entirely, though. As he pointed out, maybe I can come back. You never know. I'm curious as to what the character would have been if he would have been a... If they, They're seeming to think that he was on the the uh, First Order side of things, or the Empire side of things, I think it's possible maybe he was a Jedi. I would like to, I would like to think that Matt Smith, the Doctor, would play a Jedi. But I don't know. I'm, I'm making speculations here. I'm making guesses. All right. And I think that... Let's see here. Do I have anything else I can talk to talk about? And we have... I have one more story to pull up here. But I've, I've only been recording for about 35 minutes. So I'm thinking maybe I should pull up some more stories to kind of fill out the rest of the episode. Uh, I'll play this. I'll do this. I'll read that story. Uh, 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 uh. And... Let's go over and look at a different set of my Feedly list and see if I can find something maybe interesting enough to talk about here on this podcast. I have some various kind of groupings of types of stories, and I usually use these other groupings for other shows. 
but maybe Let's see Okay. This might be something interesting. Okay, interesting might not be the right word, but it's 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 in line with this type of stuff I normally talk about here, Star Wars, but it's like it's not like a normal Star Wars story. So, we'll, we'll I'll I'll read it and see what it says. I guess I can talk about that. That might be interesting too. All right, so let's let's take a look at these last uh, couple stories I have then before I read on to these extra stories. So the next story I have here, Ryan Reynolds explains his decision to take a break from making movies. Um, well, he's probably just busy with Mint Mobile, right? And his his gin company, and isn't it gin or is it wine? I can't remember. He. He's got an alcohol company and his his Mint Mobile, which he's been seeing him in a lot of advertisements about Mint lately. I actually thought about switching to Mint just to see if if it would work with my phone. Uh, it says here, Ryan Reynolds is best known for playing Deadpool, but he's also has had tons of other successful films under his belt, including Free Guy, which is a great movie. Catchphrase, um, my favorite line in the whole movie. Uh, which is hit theaters earlier this year. Reynolds recently wrapped filming Spirited with Will Ferrell and announced he was taking a sabbatical from making movies while the actor has plenty of already filmed projects to look forward to, like Red Notice and The Atom Project. He's stepping away from filming anything new, at least until he starts production on Imaginary Friends next year. During a recent chat with The Hollywood Reporter, Reynolds further explained his, deci- his decision. I can, I can say that word, decision. That, that, for some reason, it's not sounding right to me. All right. Anyways, moving on. Um, his decision to take a movie-making sabbatical. Quote, I am trying to create a little bit more space for my family his wife, Blake Lively, and their three daughters. He's got three daughters? Oh, my God, dude. Well, congratulations on, you know, being a parent and all that. That's awesome. But three daughters, man. That explains so much about this guy. He's, yeah, okay. Um, such a good dude. For my family and time with them. Reynolds told The Hollywood Reporter at the Wall Street Journal magazine Innovator Awards on Monday in New York City, you know, you don't really get that time back. Yeah. Here's what Reynolds initially wrote on Instagram after rapping Spirited. Um, That's a rap for me on Spirited. Not sure I'd have been ready to say yes to the film, uh, this challenging, 
this challenging even three years ago, singing, dancing, and playing in the sandbox with with Will Ferrell made a whole lot of dreams come true. And this is my second film with the great Octavia Spencer. Per- perfect time for a little sabbatical from movie making. I'm going to miss every second of working on uh, working with this obscenely gifted group of creators and artists. These days, ki- kindness matters as much as talent. I've been lucky to work with folks who are flush with both, Reynolds wrote. Dude, he just sounds like a great fucking dude. I don't know. Let me ask you guys a question. If you could sit down with any anybody that uh, you, you know, if you're a fan of or people just that you admire what they do, who would you have... Who would you have dinner with if you could if you could have sit down and have a meal with anybody who would you have a meal with i i think that uh i think that ryan reynolds would definitely be in my top five i wouldn't i would you know i think top five of of people that i would ask to have you know you know share pizza or, or you know grab a bite to eat just just to hang out and chat you know, you know, find out what they're into, find out, uh, what makes them smile, what, what sparks joy in them to, to quote, uh, one of my favorite podcasters, what sparks joy in your, in your world? Um, I think, yeah, um, Ryan Reynolds would definitely be in that top five. Um, Kevin Smith would definitely be in that top five. Um, Michael Rosenbaum, would be in that top five. Um, 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 Rob, Rob Paulson would be in that top five. And I think the last but not least, Chris Hardwick would be in that top five. Those guys, um, uh, all but one of them are podcasters. Actually, you know, I don't know. Does, does, does Ryan Reynolds have a podcast? Maybe he is a podcaster. I don't know. I should probably find out, huh? But th- those are people that would definitely like, you know, sit around a giant table, and and just you know, um, have like a like a seven course meal, at, and just you know, take that opportunity to get to know them as people and not just entertainers. You know, I know, I know some things about some of those people I mentioned only because I've been fans of this for quite some time. And, you know, um, a couple of them I've actually been, I've been, uh, um, I should know one of the people I mentioned, I, I was, I've been lucky enough to, to have as a Facebook friend for a while. So I got to know them a little bit by the things they posted, but, um, I, all of them, I listened to their podcast for many, many years. And so I, I feel like I've gotten to know them a little bit, um, Mike, uh, Michael Rosenbaum, uh, he is, he is a, he's a complex dude. He, uh, he always plays very, he always plays very confident people in movies. And when you listen to his podcast, you realize that, I mean, he has confidence, I think, but not as much as you would think he has. He, he, he's a people pleaser. And sometimes I think, I, I sometimes I think he thinks, uh, that um he needs to to 
to make people happy. Yeah, he's actually said that a couple times on his podcast. Like, he feels the need to make people happy and make sure they're okay and, you know, wants them to like him. And, uh, you know, and, and, and there's a lot of things that he has said on his podcast that I've definitely agreed with and I identify with. I'm definitely one of those people that uh, I want people to like me. I want people to to see me for who I think I am. I want people to um, know I'm a good guy. I may have my moments where I I uh, I get overwhelmed, and and uh, and the easiest emotion to show when you're overwhelmed is anger. So I I I've been known to get very loud and when I'm angry. So I think that freaks people out. I don't know why I'm talking about this now. But um but yeah, I think those are people I would definitely want to hang out with and talk to and, and pick their brain about things, you know, find out how they um manage to get to where they are as far as, you know, well, you know, all all of all of them that are podcasters, they already have a built in audience. So that's how they're that's how they're able to be so successful at podcasting. If I have a following, I don't know anybody that listens to my show. Um, I have analytics that say people download and go to my and go to my uh, podcast website, which is where people can listen to the podcast two hundred six gig dot com. I see that there's a lot of people going to that page, a lot thousands even but i don't see that many downloads um so i don't know why i'm getting so much traffic to the website and there's not as many downloads for the podcast i don't understand um sorry folks i'm 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 kind of sidestepping what i'm what i was trying i was reading here I'm I'm kind of getting into um, things going on in my head. Um, so maybe let's you know jump back into the podcast. Uh, we're reading this article about Ryan Reynolds. God. Um, <laughs> sometimes. Um, <laughs> oh man. Where am I looking for it? I'm trying to find something. There we go. Meanwhile, back at the podcast. There we go. All right, so let's see here. Spirited is a musical project based on Charles Dickinson's A Christmas Carol. Sean Anders and John Morris, who worked on, with Farrell on Daddy's Day, uh, Daddy's Home, uh, the Daddy's Home movies, um, are writing and directing the project. Farrell, Farrell's Gloria Sanchez, Reynolds, uh, Reynolds Maximum Effort, and Mosaic will produce. Uh, Collider previously reported that Reynolds will take the part of an Ebenezer Scrooge-like um, c- character, putting him 
in the crosshairs of the various ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. Farrell is expected to play. Uh, Farrell is expected to play the ghost of Christmas present and Octavia Spencer is signed on to play Reynolds' good nature co-worker. Okay. For Reynolds' other upcoming movies, the actor has already filmed Red Notice with Dwayne Johnson and Gal Gadot and is hitting Netflix later this month. The Adam Project is being released on the streaming service next year. Reynolds will also be back with the inevitable Deadpool 3, which will hopefully uh, happen sooner than later. There has been talk of free, a Free Guys sequel, so we'll have a lot to look forward to with Reynolds' returns to work. I don't know, man. I Free Guy was such a funny movie. If you haven't seen Free Guy... I, I should. I think it's available on 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 uh, Amazon right now, um, but yeah, I saw it in theaters. I think I saw it twice actually. Um, yeah, I saw it twice because it was really really funny. <laughs> Catchphrase, still the funniest line in. I I think it's the funniest line in the whole movie. But uh, it has it has some really great scenes, and if you're a gamer, you'll you'll dig it. I think um, if you're an old guy like me, you'll definitely dig it. I don't know, maybe it's just my weird type of movie, I guess. All right, so next story I have here is um, apparently now I don't know why it wasn't a thing before but apparently now every star trek movie is now streaming on paramount plus now are we talking like all the original films or are we talking about everyone in, including the next generation and the the jj uh, trek movies it says here in a first for the streaming service paramount plus the streaming home of star trek television now host all 13 Trek movies as of November 1st. Paramount Plus's film library includes all six of the Star Trek movies starring the original series cast, the four starring the Next Generation crew, and the three set in the Kelvin timeline, also known as J.J. Trek. That's what I call it anyway, J.J. Trek. Um, Speaking of, of which... Um, this last weekend, I was at King Con, uh, which is a comic book convention that was formerly known as Renton City Comic Con. One of the people they had uh, at uh, at the convention was an actor who was in in uh, the Orville. He played the doctor who did the uh, the sex change operation for the Mocklins. And uh, I call I I remember we were talking. I referenced to. Uh, I referenced um, that show, calling it Seth Trek, and he, he he started laughing. He thought that was great. I was like, "Has has he heard it called that before?" And he goes, "I'm sure he has." <laughs> I was like, "I was like, because you know, let's let's be honest. Uh, I got got the the roommates' kids have come in the house." I don't know why they're being so loud. Anyways, I'm I'm gonna wrap up here. It's it's almost an hour, 
But either way, it looks like all of the Star Trek movies are now available on Paramount Plus. If you don't have Paramount Plus, I think they have a uh, a free trial, so you could, at the very least, you can get in some episodes over uh, a weekend of whatever show is available on there. Otherwise, I think it's like maybe eight or nine dollars a month. Pay for a month, figure out if you like it or not, and want to keep it. Um, or if you're just a Star Trek fan. Why aren't you on Paramount Plus? One of the things I love about Paramount Plus is that it has all of the all of the old school Nickelodeon shows from like the eighties and nineties on there. So if you want to watch old, like Salute Your Shorts, or um, oh, what was the other one that was on there? Um, hey Dude, and all the all the Nicktoons are on there, and oh and you can't do that on television. Season one of You Can't Do That on Television is available on on Paramount Plus. And if you don't know what that show is, that is the show that originated the whole concept of slime and Nickelodeon. It's well worth checking out. All right, guys. You know what? I think I'm not going to be reading those other stories. But I'll tell you this. Um, what is this? God, what? Go away. Stupid advertisements. A guy has decided to build a really cool <laughs> beer uh, beer beer cap mosaic using the the caps from beer bottles. It looks like, and he made uh, a mosaic of Han Solo. And uh, oh, it's is this on his Instagram? Okay, so if you want to check out his artwork, you can go to. Uh, uh, jmcapscaps dot art on Instagram. J as in John, M as in Michael, C as in Charlie, A as in Apple, P as in Peter, S as in Sam. Dot A R T as in Tom. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Two Hundred Six Geek, and uh, I will. I will record here on this podcast whenever I feel like I have something to talk about that is just me talking. If you want to listen to other stuff that I do, you can check out my other two podcasts, uh, notaboutupod.com and ADHD.rocks. Rocks. And uh, you can go to those websites to listen to those shows. Um, if you want to just... Look him up on your favorite podcasting app. You can search for hashtag notaboutupod. That's the letter U, not the word U. And you can also search for adult duo having discourse. And both of those podcasts are available on all of, fav- all of your favorite podcasting apps. Or you can go to the website if you can't find it. You guys have a good day, and I'll talk to you guys next time.